chapter thirteen of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter thirteen living pictures in the olden time it takes so short a time for a year to roll by almost before the winter was begun at keswick it was gone and the spring was like unto it now june roses were blooming and the boys were coming home it always seemed on grand prairie when the young people were scattered in the fall that the mirth of the land was gone but it was renewed tempestuously with the home-coming always for the first day two of that quartet looked at each other shyly noting the changes that the year had wrought and waiting to see whether this tall young man with a hint of beard were really gordon and the young lady in crinoline and lengthened skirts the verge of old but it never took more than a day nor so long for beverly and sally they always rushed at each other took one critical look and then stood off beverly saying anxiously sally don't you think your hair is just one shade redder than it was at which miss devereux would lift her crown of auburn locks and say sweetly i should know you anywhere beverly by your manners and your freckles it is too bad they don't teach elimination and substitution in your school she added one day i would use buttermilk and tansy if i were you it's very good have you used it he asked with interest and the unsuspecting sally walked straight into the trap and said yes often then i think i'll try the other thing he remarked quietly with a look at her complexion which went naturally with red hair they were always sparring at each other but could never keep apart mrs trevilian used to look at them sometimes and wonder what the future had in store for them sally was a dear child i do hope the boat won't strike a sandbar sally was saying just now to virginia as the two sat pasting gilt stars on the crown of night which had been fitted to virginia's head and on the filmy veil that was to accompany it it will be perfectly dreadful if they don't get here for the tableau for we've saved the very best ones that need men for them oh they will get here it is nearly time for the june rise there are no sandbars now i'm sure i hope so said miss nanny from the side of the bed where she was cutting out ahasuerus's robe of royal purple this is too long for anybody but beverly virginia if you are through you can be basting the spots on this ermine they were deep in the manufacture of royal robes for the school year was to end with such an exhibition as the neighborhood had never known john pascoe and ike swamscott were already wrestling with brutus and cassius whom they were expected to do up in the most approved style there were no misgivings about their undertaking what in later years was to call forth the best efforts of two giants of the boards 
grand prairie was not critical in matters pertaining to the drama having no standards by which to judge or to be judged virginia's part was a finished essay remarkably deep miss abby said on the seasons of the heart dear child to whom life had been all spring she had got the title from the back of quackenbose's rhetoric and evolved the contents from her inner consciousness sally was expecting to score a triumph in the maniac she practised it nightly before the glass rolling her eyes in the fine frenzy that maniacs are supposed to maintain and wailing effectively at the end of each stanza i am not mad i am not mad miss abby had rather objected to this selection as unsuited to the time and place but sally had heard it down in fulton at a school exhibition and she pleaded so hard to be allowed to try her hand on it that miss abby gave in sally proposed to have it with all the accessories and hunted up an old piece of log chain which she contrived to have manacled around her tender wrists as no maniac has had done since the days of miss dorothea dix but that sally did not know the principal interest of the exhibition however centred in the tableau these were something new in the neighbourhood and were invested with unusual charm because they necessitated a curtain even sheets drawn back and forth with but indifferent success give an air of mystery to a performance which is delightfully stimulating though mr mctavish who was scotch-irish did object to the sheets on the ground that they were just like the theatre as this gentleman of scotch-irish extraction was an elder and his consent to the curtain was desirable if not indeed necessary it seemed that there might be a hitch until miss nanny suggested the borrowing of two of the mctavishes for a tableau if they hesitate she said to virginia who was sent on the errand tell mrs mctavish we want the prettiest children on the prairie for early piety miss nanny knew the human heart when this message was delivered to the mother she capitulated and even agreed to bring mr mctavish around you say all they've got to do is to kneel down by the one that's actin the mother like they was sayin their prayers well there surely can't be anything wrong in that and the happy choice of actors and subject won the day the good lady circulated it industriously around the neighbourhood that mr mctavish he didn't really believe in tabla she had learned it that way long ago and being scotch couldn't unlearn it but they said over to the school that they just had to have the prettiest young ones on the prairie and so their pa he give in prettiest young ones indeed exclaimed mrs tigerman when this was repeated to her everybody knows them young uns ain't as pretty as mine but of course with the injured air of one who has a grievance always on tap the trevilians wouldn't want my children for their show the indifference of the trevilians to her and hers was the mordecai at the king's gate to mrs tigerman the tableau had been miss nanny's suggestion and she threw herself heart and soul into their successful presentation she sent for matt dawson to come out from independence to help 
and the trevilian garret was ransacked silks and brocades were brought out that had not seen the light since miss nanny had worn them in richmond they went over one day to see the basket girls and find out what could be secured there these ladies miss tiny and miss tony were verging upon fifty but they were always called the bascom girls because they had been girls once and had never changed their state they enjoyed a distinction all their own in the primitive community from the fact that they had a brother in the regular army that seemed to set them apart from everybody else even in a community where every fourth man was a colonel or a major or at least a captain the mexican war had left behind it a goodly number of officers so many in fact that one could not help wondering sometimes why all the mortality had been among the privates or non-commissioned but a brother in the regular army that was different there were other things that helped to put the bascom girls in bas-relief as it were in the first place they were episcopalians and the only ones on the prairie and then they were so intensely virginian many in the neighborhood were from the old dominion it is true but most of them had occasional lapses of memory in regard to it not so miss tiny and miss tony they never forgot they never allowed anybody else to forget of course jackson county was a land flowing with milk and honey in comparison with their native state but it was not virginia they mourned they had come to the west because their brother george with whom they made their home in the helpless fashion of the age had chosen to migrate they came under protest they remained under protest they buried their brother in missouri feeling that it was foreign soil and they said of themselves passionately as did jacob of old bury me with my fathers each sister had put away in a secure place the money that would ensure her a final resting-place in virginia's sacred soil beverly the scamp called it their post-mortem transportation each had taken a vow of the other as did joseph of the children of israel saying god will surely visit you and ye shall carry up my bones from hence even the bascom girls got out their relics for the grand prairie tableau contributing a cherished suit of the colonel who was in the regular army i hope you won't ask for the sword my dear said miss tiny firmly seeing miss nanny's eyes fastened covetously on that sheathed weapon above the mantel that was presented to our brother jeems for bravery at buena vista he hung it there with his own hands and sister and i have sworn that it shall never come down oh certainly not said miss nanny hastily i shouldn't think of such a thing i would not ask for the suit for anybody but gordon lay but he will be here in time for the tableau and we do need the epaulettes so yes said miss tiny gordon is a gentlemanly lad his father is a kentuckian i believe but he is a very nice man in spite of it laughed matt dawson a moment later when the two sisters had padded off to the garret to get the suit matt was also a kentuckian several little complications had arisen about the cast of characters of course they had rebecca offering the jewels to rowena a set of tableaux in that day without that particular one would have seemed as incomplete as living pictures to-day without a gibson girl when it came to disposing of the characters everybody could see at once who should be the lady rowena 
lois chandler the girl with the golden hair was of the pure saxon type but she has nobody to fix her up objected miss abby as they considered the matter one night in family conclave lois's mother was dead and she would have been no good at tableau if she had been living she would make a magnificent rowena mused miss nanny i think we will have to have her i will fix her up myself in my blue satin with a string of pearls around her neck the blue satin you wore to the governor's ball aunt nan oh won't she be stunning and miss abby corrected her for her misuse of language it isn't a misuse persisted virginia i can just see her now she'll be perfectly gorgeous miss abby when it came to rebecca there was a balk renee taggart would have done finely for a jewess but renee was long ago out of the ring molly driscoll agreed to take the part until she learned that rebecca would have to kneel at the feet of the saxon beauty do you suppose i'm going to kneel to that chandler girl she said indignantly to virginia well i think i see myself why can't rowena kneel to rebecca there was a derisive shout at this from the lovers of scott and molly turned off in deep resentment it ended in virginia who was a brunette and had no scruples of dignity about doing anything that needed to be done being rebecca verge i'm glad you have some sense said miss nanny i hate these people that are always pulling back but she found that virginia could pull back when the time came the boys got there four days before the exhibition long enough for needed rehearsals and several delightful scampers around the neighborhood together on urgent errands virginia was glad that her essay was finished even to putting in the blue ribbons for there was precious little time gordon and beverly looked quite metropolitan in their clothes of newest cut and both had taken on the indescribable something which betokened that childish things were put away forever now beverly looked quite settled sally said and gordon what do you think of it anyway she asked virginia the mustache i mean they had all gone down to the grapevine tree the two girls were swinging gently back and forth beverly at their feet and gordon standing with his hand on the old vine that had seen them all grow up sally spoke as impersonally as if she were discussing a graven image i like it returned virginia as frankly looking straight into sally's eyes it makes him look almost like a grown-up man and she flashed a mocking look at the owner of the moustache he raised his hat ah perhaps when he has a full beard he may be able to suggest a book for a young lady to read what are you two talking about said sally of course they had pocahontas saving the life of john smith that was a foregone conclusion virginia was to be the indian maiden gordon the redoubtable john and beverly powhatan almost the whole school were braves or squaws of assorted sizes everybody wanted to be wild for once all went well till the time of rehearsal came then virginia with a sudden realization of the embarrassment of pocahontas's position declined to save anybody unless it could be beverly virginia trevilian how silly cried miss nanny in exasperation she had taken her off in a corner to reason with her while beverly lowered his tomahawk and gordon sat up never once looking toward the corner why gordon lay is just like your brother aunt nan said virginia i'm not going to do it now and miss nanny knew she wouldn't 
with beverly for the endangered captain virginia played pocahontas with the utmost abandon and gordon lay standing over them with the tomahawk wished he were john smith but liked virginia all the better because he was not End of chapter thirteen